The content of this podcast, Swingin' It, is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The content discussed is not intended for investment advice nor a recommendation. Investing in any stock, security, bond, ETF, option contracts, or futures has substantial risk of loss. Chris McBride and John Burrell are not certified financial or investment advisors, nor are they registered brokers. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that neither Chris McBride or John Burrell will be held responsible for any loss that you may occur from acting on the topic or discussion in this podcast. These topics are not meant for recommendation. Chris McBride and John Burrell may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. Times that he's been on many times, and we also got John Reagan on the show today. Um, these two, I believe, are the ones who founded Pivotal Trading. So we're going to discuss a little bit about Pivotal. I'll let you let them give their pitch uh, pitches on why they should join instead of just us like normal. Um, but Dustin's here just to interject as needed, and then John's um, going to lead the show tonight. He's going to share his screen a little bit. He's going to he's a technical analysis guru. Um, if you've been listening to the show, we don't talk much about technical analysis on there because me and John normally don't do that. We did last week with Alex, but um, John is going to, we got some questions for him on technical analysis, but um, he's also going to teach us a little something hopefully tonight. So I'm hoping to, to learn a little something, but before we get started, how, how y'all doing tonight? Doing amazing. How about you, man? <laughs> doing fine. It's about time for the week to be over. I mean, I, I like yeah. training and all, but it's, it's stressful. I, I oh, like absolutely. when the week comes around. John, how are you? I'm, I'm doing couple, pretty good. Um, you know, is a entertaining um, swings in the market um, today and this week. You know, we've had some uh, some volatilities coming back in. So I think uh, with that, a lot of opportunity coming up. And um, you know, it's a rainy day today, so it's a good day to stay inside uh, here in North Carolina and look at the screens. So how do we want to do this? We got two Johns on the show. Somebody got to give us something now. Just yeah, I thought you were talking to me at first, man. <laughs> All right, so we'll go by Burrell for the John that's normally on the show, and then John is is John, which I mean makes sense because the one John spells it correctly, and then you got the one who you know don't really know how to spell as as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you're listening, welcome to the show. We we won't do too much of an introduction, but we'll we'll hop right. Right to it. Um, before we get started, John, um, you want to tell everyone that you know normally listen to our show that maybe not a part of Pivotal Trading um, a little bit about yourself, how you got started trading, and um, your experience level and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So you know, I've been doing it for a few years now. Um. Really. Uh. You know, Dustin's been with me. There, you know, there from the start, right when I was uh still learning, and um. You know, I've just uh, started to develop a lot of different perspectives and 
Um, yeah, I, I utilize think the Thinkorswim platform, and I've had some some crazy, pretty crazy success. I've been very fortunate so far. Um, you know, especially especially recently. You know, I've been on a really long win streak um, in Pivotal. Uh, you know, been been a couple months now. I'm really happy to have you guys on board with us. We have Andrew coming on. We have Alex coming on now. You know, we're just starting to make this this community of a lot of different people. Um, with a lot of different perspectives, which gives you confluence, you know. So you're not just getting one perspective. You're not just getting one source of your ideas. You're getting a lot of different people that are disagreeing with each other and arguing and, and uh, just giving their insights from a technical standpoint, a fundamental standpoint, value, growth, whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, you know, we're, we're giving you a lot of value in that sense. So I'm just really excited to, to be here today. I'm excited, you know, we, we all have each other. <laughs> Yeah, John said he was on a, a win streak, but it, it's been a pretty, pretty big win streak. He's talking about turning, you know, I think he made 5,800 on a Tesla trade in one day. He hit it pretty big today on a, a trade. So, it's been a little more, more than a win streak, I would say. <laughs> well, but, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, hitting some home run. Yeah, I'm going to have to just start putting on whatever trade you post in there, I guess. <laughs> As soon as I start doing that, though, we'll all start losing. I've been on a cold streak. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but um, so you said you've been trading for a couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. how would you say your trading style has changed? Like, what's first off? What would you say your trading style is? Is I, uh, I think you're freezing out. I would assume it's technical analysis. I mean, you do. You do um, post a lot about technical analysis in the group, so I assume that that's more your trading style. But has that changed from when you started? Was that always kind of how you got started? Yeah, definitely. Um, Dustin is a perfect witness of, um, you know, when I really started, I was more of a gambler than a trader. Um, I was really just like, you know, I was seeing these huge moves on earnings when I first started. And, I, you know, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, I have to get in on that. And, um, you know, I was just almost completely – just trading earnings reports, like literally just taking my bets before earnings reports. That was my whole strategy. It wasn't anything technical. It wasn't following the news. It wasn't, it wasn't anything logical. It was literally just like, okay, uh, Zoom has earnings or whatever. Like, let me just look up a couple articles and just like take a bet on it, you know? And um, I mean, it, it worked for, for a few months, surprisingly. Um, you know, luckily I had a, I had a really, couple really, really big winners that um, actually overcame all the, the majority of the losses. Uh, but that didn't last very long. So when I first, you know, when I first uh, started with that strategy, I ended up blowing my first account. Um, so that wasn't fun, but, um, <laughs> you know, you, you just got to stick with it. And, um, you know, it's just been a long learning curve. And little by little, I've just been doing a lot of reading, a lot of YouTube, um, and then really just, just actually doing the trades. Um, having that experience is the, probably the best way to learn, in my opinion. Um, you know, like a lot of people say paper trading is, is, is a great way to learn. And I agree that that's like a great way to learn how to actually physically place the trades, but you're not actually getting that emotional aspect of things. Um, you know, I really think the best way to really learn a consistent strategy and, and learn how to be a profitable trader is to like actually trade with your own money because paper trading, you're not, you don't have those emotions. You're not, you know, you, you don't care if you lose, you know, you're playing with a hundred thousand dollar account. You don't care if you lose 60,000 of that or something because it's just fake money. You know, if you're playing with your real account, then you actually know like how you're going to react in certain situations. So, um, you know, I just, I just totally had that mindset from the beginning. Um, and that's really how I've gotten to this point. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely a technical trader, um, you know, just in, in and out in minutes sometimes uh, lately, um, you know, I've been, I've been successful on a couple of swings, like the zoom, the zoom play, like you were talking about in Tesla. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's really just a background of how I've kind of uh, 
it's been a been a been a bumpy ride, but um, you know, I came from basically being like a more of a gambler, um, kind of comparable to like you know same odds as like sports betting or something. Um, you know, I was literally just completely gambling on earnings to actually being a technical trader, as you said. <laughs> and I want to say too. Those wins that you had on the earnings plays when you first started were pissing me off too because I was like warning you like, hey man, these are gonna go against you. Like Ivy's gonna collapse. You only have one day of uh, yeah. you know you I mean and like one day till expiration and then you'd hit and you'd win. It'd be like what? And then you keep on doing yeah. it. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I had no logic. Yeah, I was about to say the same like, thing. Um, playing the earnings, you got the IV um real high and the premium yeah, just falls out falls yeah. out from under it and you lose money yeah, exactly. if you're right if you're not right yeah. Up, up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you would have like 20 point moves and like make like so much money off i'm like oh my gosh man you're gonna you're gonna learn one of these days <laughs> you'd yeah, be having so a lot of fun doing that right now where the um, the moves are like 40 dollars and like earnings right now who knows what will happen it can be great earnings and they they fall you can have terrible earnings and it shoots up um earnings right now yeah. who knows yeah. Seriously, though. Yeah, learn that very quick. You just have too many factors playing against you, man. You have, you know, time and volatility, and and then you honestly you just have the direction because no one knows what's really going to happen. So on top of all of that, you know, then obviously the the IV crush. You know, some of these stocks will have like two over two hundred percent IV. Like, come on, <laughs> you know that that'll that'll tank to like a hundred. And you know, even even if you had a huge huge beat, you know, you you're still you're still all your equity is gone, especially when, you know, at least in my case, before I really understood options that much a couple of years ago, um, you know, I was just like playing same week, same week expiration for all those. So, you know, you can, you can kind of imagine, uh, you know, the reason why it ended up the way it did <laughs> blowing my account, yeah. like I said. Yeah, we've been trying to go over, you know, each show we kind of go, go over an educational segment. We went through, um, you know, most of the Greeks and that sort of thing. I, I think that's the big thing. People see how much you can make on the naked options and they hear about, hey, this person made this much or this person, but they don't understand what's really happening. Yeah. And then they get into, you know, like you said, a trade that has 200 percent IV and then they end up they're right like it goes up but they end up losing money because it didn't go up enough and then they're like well what happened and then then you don't you don't really know you know what happened and until that happens to you you won't learn because if you're just buying naked options and it's working I mean you're going to think you're on top of the world I think that's how everyone is at the beginning you normally yeah I, I would say there's either two two setups you either um win a lot at the beginning and then tell you really take a huge loss and it knocks out all all the stuff you won or you lose from the beginning and quit and then so i think the people who uh, who end up taking that big loss they end up learning from it and then they're able to move on um, quite a bit better um except john i guess he's the probably been as risk averse since he started or Burrell, I guess. When you say yeah. you probably started out gambling no money. Yeah, I didn't start out as the gambler. I started out as uh, I want to learn everything about this before I place a trade type person. You was probably looking on uh, Tasty Works for 95% pops and stuff like that to get into. Uh, no, no, actually not necessarily. Um, but, you know, very risk adverse to start with. And I've gotten more risky as time went on so where most people start off gambling and then go you know more risk at first i've, I've kind of start off the opposite end be like does don't want to lose a dollar to i'm starting to go towards gambling but i'm not going to get that far but uh, just to let everyone know but uh, that's kind of i'm heading from the opposite direction 
<laughs> yeah, I think the future has really changed John's um, risk perspective. I think you got to be a little more, you know, it's a little more risk when you're doing that compared to yeah. some of these. The thing I like about, uh, well, I think, you know, at first I didn't think day trading was like a, like a tangible thing at first. And then I get into futures and then a little bit of technical analysis. And um, I, I think it becomes, if you can assign like some math to it for me, then I get more comfortable with. And I, I think that's a, um, a good question for John here is, do you sign like with your technical analysis, when a certain setup happens, do you know like a, a certain probability of that coming out, like of that actually happening? Yeah, I know a lot of people do, you know, um, especially like some people use Fibonacci's. I, maybe it's too much work for me, but to me, I just stick with, you know, a couple uh, specific strategies that I know work a lot of the time, um, like very high probability, high quality setups that I really like. And then I, you know, like I talked about, I look for confluence. I look for a couple different factors that, that go into it that kind of agree with each other. And, um, you know, if I have like a symmetrical triangle or something and volumes coming in and MACD is giving you a buy signal and like just a, a number of different things are all kind of, you know, and the news, the news looks pretty good. Um, you know, things like that. Um, you know, I, I just, I just enter something that has high probability. I don't actually do the math and say like this has a 88% probability of hitting, you know? Right. So with your technical analysis, is it something that you've just tested in real markets or do you do any type of back testing at all? <laughs> Oh, yeah, like I said, you know, um, it's probably a good idea to do some back testing, and it's probably a very good idea to start with paper trading. But for me, I just knew, like, you know, I, I need to, to learn to control my emotions, and you're not going to be able to do that, you know, paper trading and, and doing all this preparation. You, you know, I just ha had to get my head in, and, I mean, I, I did end up losing money in the beginning, but, um, you know, it was totally worth it because now, I, you know, I've not definitely not mastered my emotions, but, um, you know, I, I understand that some, some plays take time, and, I, I you know, it's – it's, it's really a big difference. You, know, you, you, you need to learn how to manage your emotions when you trade. And, yeah, um, so for sure. You, and, and so you you've been able to test your strategy without yeah. necessarily back testing. You, you kind of tested it in real time and then figured exactly. out what worked. And then you know mm -hmm. that these strategies are still high probability. So that's yep. cool. Is there a certain starting place that now that you've kind of dove into this, is there a certain starting place for like people that like Chris and, uh, you know, we, we're not necessarily technical. Like I'm more macro type. Uh, of a of a trader so for me i'm not really i don't really know much about technical analysis you know i play around with the bollinger bands a little bit for like scalping and things but what would be like the first thing that you would introduce someone to that's just looking into technical analysis um the first thing i would say is definitely just um understanding support and resistance lines you know you you don't even need any indicators you don't need any oscillators, if you literally are able to just connect highs and connect lows, you, you'll get some kind of picture drawn up. You know, when, you, when you're first learning, um, you know, you, it's so easy to just, you know, you, you connect some, some highs on something and you connect some lows and you're like, oh, this looks like a triangle. You know, that probably means it's consolidating and you, you know, a big move is probably coming then. Um, you know, once, once it breaks to either side, uh, just as an example. Um, definitely just, just, you know, playing around with it, playing around with drawing up, drawing up some charts is definitely a great way to start, in my opinion. Now, when you're looking for a support and resistance, are you looking for high volume areas of like, say, a certain price has a higher volume? Are you looking like volume profiles as well as your factor than just the lines in the chart? Or like, how do you approach your support and resistance on? 
Um, so in terms of volume, yeah, I definitely, I definitely pay attention to volume almost as like a confirmation for, um, for, for a move that I see. So, you know, if I see, for example, one of the things I was going to talk about with zoom that I could show if I share my screen was the, 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 the big green move from, from, uh, two days ago, really didn't have that, that much volume behind it, which shows like, you know, it wasn't really that, um, con confirmed of a move. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I entered puts on, on top of a couple other things um, was just because I knew that move was going to get, get given up. You know, it just, it, it, it didn't have the volume to back it. So I kind of use that as like a confirmation. Um, and then in terms of how did you connect that? You're, you're, you're connecting that to, uh, so to like support and resistance. Is there any kind of link of volume with support and resistance? Like I know when you look at a chart, you're thinking like, okay, will this come up and touch, um, this level like three or four times, does volume also play it? Like if, if there's like a few different areas and you're like, well, it kind of comes and hits this a couple times and also hits this level a couple times um, and, and like a uptrend or something. I, I don't really know. Um, like, so if you're looking at a chart and, and it's kind of uh, a chop market, you know, mm -hmm. and, and there's like a couple points where it could be resistance. Um, do you use volume as a way to, um, clarify which of those points are resistance or I don't know if that makes sense. I think I know you're talking about, um, not exactly in the sense, in the sense that you're talking about it, at least with my interpretation of what you're saying. Um, but I, I really just use it for, for breaks, for confirmation of a break. So, you know, if it's tapping that line and fluctuating, going sideways, when it finally does go over that resistance line, cause no, nothing's perfect. You know, it's not going to be like, okay, this stock just broke $210. Exactly. It's at $210 and one penny. That means it's going to, it's a break and it's going up, you know? It, it touched it for five seconds, you know, that, 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 that move might not be held, you know, it might be a fake out. So, um, you know, I, I really want to see a confirmed break with a lot of volume backing it. So, like I said, I, I, I just use it for my confirmation and then okay. just building off of that. Um, just another note is a lot of people will like look at the one minute, five minute chart for confirmation. And I do use the five minute chart, um, particularly throughout the day for, for watching like my open positions and stuff, but for confirmation of a break of some resistance or support line, I always use at least the hourly chart. That's one big thing that, um, I think a lot of people should understand is like, if you want to see a candle on the hourly chart, actually hold and close above a resistance line or below, below a support line for a confirmation of, of, of a trend. You know, you want, you want to actually see that candle close because it could go over it for five minutes and then just be going back up and it's a fake out. And now you're down 40%, you know? So, so your main, your main chart that you look at is the hourly. Yeah. I was gonna... Yeah. Yeah. So for, uh, you know, when I'm charting up, I use the hourly and I use the four hour chart when I'm actually trading intraday, I always use the five minute chart. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, for someone who would be new to um, technical analysis, um, could you explain to them uh, what you mean by what we mean by the hour chart or the five minute chart or the mm -hmm. you know one minute chart? What what does that mean? What are you referring to? So that's the the time interval on on the chart. So like one candle is you know on the hourly chart means that that candle is one hour. So you know let's say it's a green candle. That means like you know it it, it opened on the bottom of that candle and it closed at the top of that candle with the body of the candle, the thick part. So that entire body of that candle um, before it goes to the next candle was one hour. One hour has passed. And it's the same concept with all of them. So, yeah, so um, Sorry, what? I, I was, um, you can continue on this topic. I was moving, moving ahead. So if you got any more on that. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, that, that's just how it works. Like, same thing with the five minute. Each candle is just five minutes. You know, I was just. Yeah, so we, we got a question on um, from YouTube from Arthur King. He, he asked, um, what source do you use to get news um, for particular stocks? Okay, so uh, a really good function of Thinkorswim. Um, you know, you guys use uh, Tastyworks. Um, good, good, good function of uh, Thinkorswim I really like is like just built into my setup. I have a little thing. I just type a ticker in and it, all the, the most breaking news um, in, in real time is coming in. So I could just see the headlines. I don't even think you, I don't even think it gives you the full article. It's just the headlines. Um, so, you know, I use that intraday with just, you know, with all everything that's going on, it's just a nice little thing to have on my screen. Um, if I'm actually going to do some in-depth analysis, I really like CNBC. I like um, Financial Times, Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I have and notifications so with coming the, in from a variety of apps. With the news, um, and are you looking at your chart and then saying what I'm looking at at the chart versus what I'm looking with the news, and you try to use that as more reinfor reinforcements yep. to what you're already looking at? Exactly, yep. And then when the news is different from the charts, which which one wins? Um, I would say to probably stay away. <laughs> okay, interesting. Honestly, yeah. But I mean, obviously, you know, oh. news 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 can definitely trump any technical analysis you do. You know, you could you could have something that that is totally confirmed as like, okay, there's no way that this isn't going up, and you can have an executive step down, and in five seconds, you know, it, it stock tanks. It, it's news trumps all technical analysis all the time when it's something that's that's really big. Yeah, no, I don't know if Arthur King is a member of the Pivotal Trading, but we have tons of bots in there that will send you notifications when big news happens, when we got CNBCs on there, when they say something big, they re report it, it, you'll send you a notification. We got when Donald Trump tweets, I mean, we have when big orders are coming in on the dark pool. I mean, we, we got tons yep. of news headlines in there if you're a member of the Pivotal Trading. So if you're not, go ahead and join up because some, a lot of the news um, will come right to you at that point. Um, I guess the other thing that is big um, that can normally sometimes trump a chart is um, when Jerome Powell gets up and speaks. <laughs> yep. He normally tanks the market for the short term, at least. I mean, it's crazy. Seriously, yep. <laughs> and another good note about that. Can you hear me, Connor? Is it? You're freezing every now and then. You freeze. Yeah, like, yeah so I think it's yeah. I think period. my internet where I'm out in the garage because sometimes I'm talking, then I'll hear someone else come in. So I, I feel like there's a delay. Like I'm saying something, and then it's like a few seconds before y'all hear it. So mm -hmm. I'm, maybe I should just shut up. But <laughs> well, like uh, it freezes, and then it starts right where you're getting ready to say. Like it doesn't actually cut yeah. out. When yeah, you're it's because like, I'm out in the garage. Yeah. 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 Y'all continue on. I'm going to try to figure out something on the internet. Okay, cool. Um, so the reason I was talking about the volume, and, and volume has been getting um, a very interesting topic for me. We had Douglas on trading. He has a YouTube channel, and he's been on the show a couple times, or one time. He's going to be coming on this Sunday, I believe, if everything works out okay. But he was talking about, these um hidden orders that's in the books for volume and he basically trades off when and they're called iceberg orders and there's um only one provider um that you can get the this information from it's called bookmap 
it's provided by Rhythmic. Um, they're the data feed company that provides that information. And he basically day trades just looking at volume and when the, I guess they're dark pools. I don't, I'm not very um, inclined on the subject, but some of the questions that I'm asking, I'm, I'm kind of getting knowledge from other sources and then trying to see how, you know, this, I can relate this to this other thing. Cause you know, I'm more of a macro guy. So I probably sound like an idiot when I'm trying to ask questions, but I am truly a beginner when it comes to technical analysis. So I think that me asking these dumb questions might be good for the people that's watching um, to kind of, you know, get involved with technical analysis. But if you would like to, John, you can go ahead and share your screen and kind of walk us through. Keep in mind where I'm a beginner here and maybe some of the people that are watching are beginners and, and just kind of walk, walk me, walk through an idiot like me, some technical analysis stuff and where to start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, you know, I, I prepared a little bit to talk about um, the Zoom trade that we had um, cool. over the course of the last two days. So let me see. Okay, can you see my screen right now? Uh, it's starting to load. I think it might take it a second for me to see it. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I can see it now. All right. Um, now, question for you that might be a dumb question. Are you able to see like all these screens right here or do you just see like like you know is, is zoom in the way there or do you no, just see like I, the I can charts? see your full screen oh, okay because like, yeah, there's I have, like, nothing the in the way on mine but i think when you do okay. share your screen it makes our faces like over top of something but yeah, we don't yeah, that's see what it. i was talking about okay yep so um really you know i break my setup into two kind of sections one of them is just you know i just want i want my whole screen to just be the stock just be able to see the price action with no 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 mess um you know i want it to be really concise and simple to understand just for drawing up the lines so that's this one on the right here on the left is where i have a lot of different indicators going it's really nothing too complicated i have macd going i have rsi uh, relative strength index and just volume on both um and then I, I like you talked about i use the bollinger bands a little bit just to kind of um you know, especially when things are going sideways, you want to see when, when, when things are trading in a price range, you want to see like, okay, it's at the top. Um, now it's on, the, you know, now it's on the, the lower level. Um, and th those definitely serve as some um, support, support and resistance lines um, in itself, the, the, the Bollinger Bands. So that's kind of one of the first things that I want to talk about that I saw was, you know, we had, we had this all time high for, for Zoom breaking out of this huge triangle. Um, following the earnings report that it had that stellar earnings report you know consolidated it broke reached this this new all-time high two days ago of five nine five twenty nine seventy four and um if you notice here um you can't really i just have to zoom in a bit um you could if you see it right here um it broke above that upper bollinger band so to me right there is a sell signal i mean it it, it always always corrects itself when 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 it, when it comes to the bollinger bands um in my experience very 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 high probability um, that this was going to come right back down, you know, this huge, huge Hulk candle, just, just absolutely unreal to all time highs. You know, I, I was like licking my lips here. <laughs> um, so that, that, that's one of the first things that I saw that um, really stood out to me. It was just that break of that upper band. Uh, just give me one second and just get this back. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that, that was like one of the first things that I saw that was like, all right, it's a little bit overbought. Um, then something to back that up is RSI, Relative Strength Index, right? So um, really 
you know, it's an oscillator. All it really tells you is it gives overbought and oversold signals. So what that means is like, you see this line right here, this red line, um, that's a 70. So RSI is a scale from zero to hundred. Um, anything over 70 is overbought. So, you know, that's why I, I made that line red. So, you know, when you have RSIs in, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you, you know, things are just getting more and more overbought and selling pressure is going to start coming in. That's when things will most likely correct. Um, and on, on the converse side, you know, if things were to be below this green line, that's a buy signal because it means things are so oversold. Now that a lot of buyers are going to come in and try and buy for a discount. So that was just another thing. You know, I talk about this confluence. So on top of the Bollinger Bands, um, you know, I saw that RSI had been very, very overbought for this time period right here. Um, and it really like kind of peaked right there when, 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 when the price reached that all time high. And it was comparable to this original earnings beat. If you look at this period right here, um, where my cursor is, that's another time when we were very, very, you know, RSI is 97. It was very, very overbought. And then you see this huge correction over the, over the span of the next two to three days. So that was another thing that, that stood out to me was like, okay, we have this whole period here where we, we've been consistently overbought for a few days. It has to come down. You know, what better day for this, to, for, for it to be the time for puts now than, um, than you know, right, right, right on this day when we have a new all-time high. So that was, that was another thing I looked at. And then like I talked about earlier, um, just the volume, just let me uh, maximize this cell here. Um, so we have this huge, huge rip to, to all time highs here. And then you look at the volume, this is not too convincing of a volume spike here. Like, you know, this one from the earnings beat, okay, I understand it was earnings, but like, come on, like that's, that's huge, huge volume right there. And then even this, this spike here just um, on, on Thursday, uh, or I guess this is Friday, was significantly bigger. It's like two times bigger than this volume spike here and we're reaching all time highs. So it's like, you know, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, it's, it didn't seem like this, this big green candle was too convincing, like it was gonna hold and continue. So, you know, I, I combined all three of those and then just the fact that it was at all time highs. I mean, like, you know, the, the thing had to come down after a while. Um, and I, I just, you know, I basically timed the top perfectly. Um, we got the, I believe it was a 440 puts on um, with 10-2 expiration uh, for, for $320, 3.2. And uh, they actually went to be uh, 13.56. So that's a 324% return. I think a lot of people were, were, uh, were playing that one, <laughs> fortunately. So yeah, um, that's, uh, that's, some, that's really interesting. A lot of stuff going on there. And also just to let you know, I have another screen here. So if it looks like I'm not paying attention, I am paying attention. I'm just looking at my bigger <laughs> screen here. Um, but I like, I like how you use um, multiple things uh, to take in consideration. You're not just looking at one or two things. You're, 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 you have an idea of what you think of the stock, but then you also reinforce that with different things on the chart, different lines, uh, different indicators to build your assumption so you know that, hey, you know, there's multiple things looking at the same direction that my assumption is. And then you kind of look, well, what's a good way to play this? And then you use, you know, your risk to reward is, uh, you know, you have much more reward than you have risk on the table. So mm -hmm. you build, you know, building a lot of um, thought into your positions. It's not just like a gamble, I guess. You've really put together uh, a game plan and uh, strategy and, and what you think is going to happen. So I, I, I like that. I don't understand um, all the lines yet. Is the blue lines the uh, – is that the, like, support and resistance? Yeah, definitely. So the, the blue lines are just all horizontal, so they're just key price levels. So, like, you know, like I'll, I'll – 
do this this level right here was the high from the earnings report obviously right here is the all-time high and then just just different points where where they've been touched multiple times and bounced off um you know you, it's really up in the air um you know uh, the, the the blue lines are definitely uh they, they would definitely serve as, as weaker um support and resistance lines the the yellow is trend lines um so like let me actually maximize this again just to uh give you an idea what i'm talking about um, so, you know, this, this yellow trend line here, for example, it actually extends much, much longer. Um, but just for the sake of time, you can see it was, it was really riding on this for a while. And then once it, once it did beat earnings and have this, this big rip up here, and it entered into this consolidation period, this, uh, you know, uh, multi-week triangle right here, this symmetrical triangle. And even then it's still respected this long-term yellow trend line. So this isn't a horizontal line. That's why I do it in yellow just to, to make it stand out. But you can see it, it fell all the way right back to that line, instantly bounced, you know, came pretty close to it again, back up to the top line. Then it bounced right back off of it again before that, that initial break of the triangle. So, you so know, it's, on the top part of that triangle, um, at what point you decide, do you decide to draw that? And so, like, for me, if I was looking at this after the earnings and then it comes down and touches the yellow line and then it goes back up and touches that first, the first time it touches that blue line, like, would you have had that top line of the triangle there first and then when it breaks through it and then it made that other formation, you moved it to that point? Or you know what I mean? Like, at what point yeah. do you know when to draw it and and how to look at it going forward? So I usually draw it up like, you know, I wouldn't just see it. I, I think I know you're asking, like, I wouldn't have seen this entire triangle, like, like in this point in time or something, you know, I would have just at this point in time, I would just be like, all right, it's fallen after earnings. Like that was a really big move up. It's just falling. It's, it's normal. And, and this whole period really would be kind of like a period that I wouldn't be looking to trade it, um, you know, because this is consolidation. That's really what this whole, this whole, um, duration of that of that triangle is is it's, it's consolidating it's it's going to narrow the price range until it reaches this point here and then it's going to decide hey i'm breaking over this line and, and continuing up or i'm not strong enough and i'm going to break below this line and fall back to the next support so this whole period here would really be like an untradeable period for me um you know i, I honestly didn't draw this triangle up until probably right around here in this point that's when i and noticed so it. what about the um uh, i think it's like right where your cursor is at right now Straight up from that, uh, no, let's see, is on, it looks like Wednesday. Uh, I think. Here? It, yeah, it, and it's uh, where um, the the stock touches the blue um, oh, yeah. line. So like, so, like, right in there, um, would you have drawn a top line from the top of where earnings was to that line? Um no, I see what you're saying. Like, if I if I was to do something like this, yeah, and w would that have been like an early makings of what you have now? Like, say everything to where your cursor is now is is happened. Um, like, what would you have done that, and then it broke through it, and then you're like, okay, this isn't. Uh, it gapped through that, I guess, because there's no like candle in between it, and you'd be like, okay, so this isn't a good line, or like. Like for someone like me, like I'm looking at this, I'm like, well, I could see a couple points of where I could have drew, drew the top of that triangle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if I would have drawn this line, for example, um, here, just let me make it yellow real quick, just so it stands out. My laptop would load. <laughs> okay. Just give me one second. You're good. We got a lot uh, running on all the laptops, I believe, today. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely need to invest in a new laptop. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if I would have drawn this line, I mean, you know, it's it's still pretty accurate. You know, you you, you identified the, uh, the 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 right pattern. You have the right idea, and honestly, you still would have made money. I mean, if you entered right here when it broke on uh, what is this? This would have been Monday morning, um, Monday uh, nine fourteen. I mean, you know, if you would have entered here at green, you know, another green day, and then oh, all the way until open on Wednesday. You know, this is a uh, this would be the high here is 419 something and the, the open here was uh about and, like three. and i guess also you could when it touched it the first time and you would have drew the line mm -hmm. and then it had that sell off day and then it comes back and hits the yellow and you could have shorted you could have went short there and made some money and then Absolutely. when it gaps through the line then you could have went back long and also rode that out too so i guess the principles um because you also have that support line there, which maybe that would have came after or whatever. But I guess the principles are still um, are still there. It just depends on what time frame I guess you're looking at, right? Yeah, definitely. So for these big patterns, when I'm actually you know doing my charting, that's you know I'm never looking at anything below the the hourly chart. So this is actually the uh, thirty day hourly chart. Um, you know, 30 day just for the beginners, meaning that, you know, it's spanning the last 30 days for the stock price history. And then obviously, like I said before, each candle is one hour. So then going forward, the, the top of the triangle that you originally, originally had there, um, if that goes extended and the price starts to come down, would you think at some, I guess at some point, if the price sells off hard and goes to where the 360 level is, and the yellow triangle, um, the top part would extend to there. Um, if the price ever got down to that point, that could also be a possible long position. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. You know, um, we had this consolidation, a little bit of bouncing here off this this blue line. That's really the the where this comes from. Um, and yeah, yeah, definitely. That would. I mean, this isn't too strong of a, of a support, but I would definitely say like. Um, if it bounces off of it, it could bounce off a little more. You could probably do like an intraday scalp or maybe yeah, something. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, th I think I'm trying, I'm just trying to understand a little bit more of like, um, I guess not necessarily um, the exactly what you have here, but more of like the thought process of why you have what you have there. Um, so I, I hope uh, that, that cleared up a lot for me, like looking at the support and resistance and looking, you know, how you would, think about drawing your consolidation points and drawing, um, you know, your different, uh, I guess, technical analysis tools there to come up with the assumption of, of what could happen and, and what could help price bounce off of a certain line. So uh, that, uh, that cleared up a little bit for me is like how you're actually making your assumptions. Because uh, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, when they first look at technical analysis, they're like, well, I don't know what all these lines mean. And I don't really know where to go, but really um, looking at su support and resistance from prior price, it doesn't seem like it's um, too difficult, but you also have to know what to look for. And I guess the the thinking behind it and knowing what to look for, I guess that's the biggest part of it, of course. Um, and, and when you first get into it, you don't really know what to look for. So, um, mm -hmm. I think that's really intuitive. Uh, Chris, do you, uh, is there anything that I know you kind of missed a little bit of it? Is there any questions you have on this? Yeah. Um, so how you were talking about the one line not being a strong support, how do you classify, you know, which one 
would you say is like a weak support versus this one is, is going to bounce every time? Like how many occurrences, is there like a number of occurrences you want to see or, or exactly what are you looking at as far as that goes? So, yeah, um, but, you know, like I kind of touched on before, like the blue ones are really just price levels. They're all horizontal. So like, you know, very like this specific to the cent, this high right here, or like this specific low right here from this candle, this specific all-time high right here. Like the, the exact price levels of um, where, where, where things kind of reverse are, are the blue lines. Um, and then the yellow lines, I'd say, are much stronger because they're actually um, on a much longer-term basis where they've been touched multiple times. So th that's when you know you have like a real strong trend line is how many times it's been touched. So, you know, like I, like I was talking about before, this yellow line, let me actually uh, extend this out a little bit. Um, do 90 days and just zoom in um, right here. So look at this. Like you can see how, how, how long this, this yellow trend line had been, been being touched um, all the way down from, from, from this point right here. It's been riding this, this yellow trend line. This is probably, I have to say it's over a month probably of, of, of duration right there that it, that it was uh, respecting that yellow trend line. Every time it touched it, it bounced. It, was, it, it could have been a buy right there. So um, definitely, you know, the, I guess it doesn't really matter if it's a horizontal line or if it's a downtrending or uptrending line, but um, you know, these, these are just, I'm looking for points like lines where there's multiple points that have been touched and it's, it's respected it multiple times. That, that's how I know that there's a very strong either buying or selling pressure coming in at that line. Yeah. So um, how much data do you normally, um, you know, look at on, you know, to make, make a trade because I mean, looking at all the lines is, if you do it to do a real in-depth analysis, I mean, this is hours worth of work. I assume there's stocks that you have on your watch list that you add to over time. That's okay. I, I added these lines and then a week from now you add th these other lines. So I yep. assume you don't do everything all at once, but about how much data are you trying to look at? Yeah. So, you know, it's definitely a continuous uh, process of kind of like deleting old stuff and adding in new stuff. Um, so, you know, when, when, it, when it's a stock that I'm just looking at for the first time, yeah, it, take, it, it definitely takes like a little while to uh, kind of get, you know, to do my due diligence and really get, get all that analysis in. But for, for the stocks that are on my watch list that are just, you know, things that are always um, moving pretty well, always have, you know, I, I know I'm going to have liquidity. There's going to be good, um, you know, popular stocks, you know, just Zoom, Apple, Facebook, like, you know, things that are always in the news. Um, you know, I, I already have this, this history of, of, of drawings up already. So I'm always just kind of updating it. Um, so, you know, I, I could, I could really, you know, do a chart on, on Apple or Facebook or Amazon or something, you know, in only a minute's time, because I basically have an idea already of, of what it's been doing. And it's, it's really just about updating it from there. All right. What about, um, when is there a time when you decide to like delete like a line. So say these blue lines, they've touched and dropped and went up, you know, that sort of thing. At what point in time is it, say you drew one of these lines three months ago, is there a point in time where it's like, okay, this is, is doesn't really hold anymore. Let me get rid of this line. Or do you just keep all the lines always? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, just as like an example or something, um, I don't know. Um, let's say that I had like a line going like this or something saying like, you know, these three points that it was touching, we're tapped. Um, here, let me just make it yellow so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hold on, it's probably it's probably hard to see. Hold on. Uh, yeah. So if you're listening to this on um, whatever podcast station you you use or podcast app, um, John's showing us, you know, actually showing us some technical analysis analysis mm -hmm. stuff on the screen. This video will be posted on the Pivotal Trading YouTube, so you can always go back and and watch it as well. 
Yeah, so so just building off that, like a line that I would delete. So as you can see, like this line right here, for example, I'm, this this isn't something I had drawn up, but just something that you might, you know, and understandably, um, you know, touched here, touched here, multiple times it's respecting it. Um, you know, around this point when it finally broke, um, and then it comes back to it and it touches it again, and, it, and, it, and now that previous resistance line is now the new support, and now it's bouncing off of that. And um, you know, the, at this point right here, you, you have to you have to remove that. Like you know, it's not gonna it's not likely that it's gonna come all the way back down. Yeah. Um, once once it's on this new uptrend or whatever, you know. So like, I just have this pointless line just sticking out, making my chart look ugly. So like, you know, there's no point in keeping it. Um, so you know, just just trying to keep things simple, I would definitely. Um, remove that line and, and then focus on like the more recent data, the more, the more, um, the newer trends that I've identified. I yeah, guess as price goes drastically away from one of the lines, you can kind of mm -hmm. get rid of it and move on to the next set. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, so I guess it's a little more, is it a little more difficult on, you know, days like today, which we've had a lot recently. I mean, like today, I think SPY went from 319 to positive. I think it, all the way, I think the high was almost 327, but I mean, it, it wasn't like a gradual upswing until about, you know, one or whatever, but it was um, up and down, up and down. I mean, I, I assume it blew through a lot of your, a lot of different support and resistances on both sides. Yeah, the volatility definitely, definitely makes things a little, uh, definitely more interesting, but, you know, definitely a little more trickier. Um, even, you know, even on volatile days, it seems like things um, definitely do, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not the only person that's seeing these, these specific, it's not to the penny, but like these, these certain patterns or lines, like, you know, there's definitely hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of people that are noticing the same thing. And that's really the psychological, more like behavioral finance type of, of aspect of things is like, I know like other people are seeing the same thing. And then, you know, even if, if it's, if it's a really volatile day, like I, I feel pretty confident that certain lines are just going to be respected, you know, like this, this yellow line here, regardless of what happened in this entire month period. Like I know that that's a very strong trend line and anytime that it gets touched, even if it passes it by a little tiny bit, um, you know, like obviously it isn't perfect, you know, it, it dropped below this line a couple times throughout its, throughout this, this, uh, this, this month of history or whatever, like, yeah, you, you, you still feel pretty confident that um, other people are seeing the same thing as you. And it's just that psychological, like behavioral aspect of it um, is that it's, it's, it's probably going to continue to respect those lines until something new happens. For example, this break here, now that this line really might not make, you know, I, I might have to delete that line pretty soon if, if, if something new happens, you know, so. Yeah, so um, when Alex was on the show last week, he was talking about when he first started trading and I guess, you know, having again, everyone knows emotion is a big part of, you know, being successful. You talked about it here. He talked about it last week. Um, but what he said is the way he trades, he basically, you know, only looks at the chart. He doesn't look at how much money he made or anything like that. Um, I guess how me and John learned, um, especially doing certain spreads and stuff. And I, I would say tasty works. I know Dustin knows what we're talking about. You know, they say if you sell a spread, you, you take the profit as soon as it hits hits 50% of your max. You don't really hold it. Um, Alex was, at, um, was talking about how um, when he started, he would look for, you know, a certain percentage, like maybe um, option he would want, you know, 40% profit or 50% profit and take it. Now he says he looks only at the chart and yep. leaves it in there. How, and you've had some pretty big trades recently, like the Tesla trade. I think you let it go for, you know, three or four days and you made, you know, 54 or $5,800 or something. 
I assume you. So from that, I assume you're doing something similar as far as as far as the charts go. Because I mean, me personally, especially something like Tesla and the way the market is, I would have pulled out way before we'd have hit the 5800. Especially once you were up, you know, 2,000 or 3,000 um, in the first day. Um, what do you What are you looking at as far as when you exit a trade? Like what What do you look for as okay? Now I'm getting out, and um, I guess I guess you probably have a bunch of different strategies. You probably have some long longer term ones as far as like you posting you know in the Discord a lot, uh, most of the shorter terms because that's really what it's for. But um, how do you know when um, it's time to exit? or what do you look for when, um, as far as when you think it's time to exit as well as, um, when do you exit a trades that go against you? That's like, okay, this is, when do you decide that this is not a winner? Yep. So first of all, I'm just address like winners, like letting them ride. Um, you know, you could have a trade and secure it at 40% and that's awesome. 40%, you know, the market only returns between 10 and 12% per year on average over the last century. Like the 40% profit is great. But if you secured 40% on something and then it went to be a 400% return, you know, you're, you're going to be, uh, you know, kicking the wall. So obviously Absolutely. you want to be able to capture that full move, that all that momentum. So the way that I do that is kind of building off something I talked about earlier was just how to actually recognize confirmation of something. So even, you know, things don't go perfectly vertical, straight up or down. It's going to, there's going to be fluctuation and some some ugly days or whatever especially if you're swinging um where things might look like they're going against you but in reality you have to look at the hourly chart maybe the four hour chart to really get a better picture of things as long as your trade is still in that same trend and it you know for example here like no candle here actually confirmed and held below this this yellow trend line on this hourly once we were in this triangle like none of these, all these can't, this is a wick right here. And it, it ended up closing above the yellow line, obviously not perfectly. And you can see that this little wick here actually, you know, did, it did touch below and then get bought right back up. For example, right. Same thing right here, this candle at open, it, you know, zoom dipped and it fell below this triangle and some irrational people, you know, looking at the one minute chart might've been freaking out and, and, and bought puts, but it instantly got bought right back up. And then look what happened. You know, this is a $130 move over, over a week. So, um, you know, it's really about understanding what confirmation means and you can't get that confirmation looking at a five minute or one minute or even even 15 minute chart. You, def you definitely want to have at least the hourly, if not the four hour um, time interval that's going to give you like, okay, this candle, let's say, let's say this actually did close here. Then it would be like, okay, this, this hourly candle actually closed and went to the next candle below this, this key trend line. That's, that's a sell indication to me. That means like, okay, it's breaking trend. It, it could just free fall now all the way down to the, to this next support line that I've identified at, at 358.69. So and I, guess that, my, I guess sorry, that um, when it's on the hourly, it's a decent amount of time, at least an hour worth, or maybe even part of the hour, it went below that line. So it's not just like a minute it went below the line. It's at least a, a decent amount of time that it goes below the line. So, you, so it gives – so it's not just like, I guess, just um, – just the stock moving just ever so slightly in one direction. It's a significant move in that direction that gives you that validation, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to see, you know, if I, if, if I was riding this all the, all this time or whatever, and I keep, you know, drawing in these new lines or whatever, I probably would have held um, until, you know, I saw like a, a red candle actually um, 
I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things up in the air, like during the day, but like, for example, this, this blue line right here, once this was broken, like this would be an indication to me, like, okay, like let's say that I did enter right on this break here. This was an amazing profit all the way up to here. I probably would have held until the, this morning when it actually broke and confirmed below that line on, on this big red candle here. It confirmed below the support line that I had identified around 495. And, you know, I can close out for, for gains that are still crazy. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not selling at this exact point all the way up here. Maybe I would have shaved off a cut like a contract or two or something like that. Um, just you know, at this all time high after this huge hold candle just to, to play it safe. But I would have fully closed out my position by the time we broke through this support line right here because that's my confirmation that this trend is breaking. Now I can actually draw on another line here to show you what I mean even in more detail. You can see this line being touched a bunch and then you know obviously you can't trade it in after hours but now Right at open, I could have I could have closed it out. Not even at this this red candle, but right at open, you can see that this uptrend has been broken. This uptrend for the last five days has been broken now. So you know it's pretty clear to me that like okay now it's you know, this uptrend is over. Um, selling pressure is going to come in, and that's exactly what happened, as you can see from uh, today's price history. So yeah, that's how that's when I would have exited. Would have been like basically right at open this morning. Okay, so um, what about what about losers? When when do you decide that hey this this is a, a loser because I, I assume you might want to let it ride a little bit just in case or, and that sort of thing. You're talking about looking at the hour charts. If something goes into free fall, you know, you could lose a lot of money right away before you, you get to that, that point. Yeah. So similarly in the same sense, like, believe it or not, I, I literally do not use stop losses ever, like for anything, because I, I just feel like. I don't like stop to... losses either. I mean, I, we, yeah. we tell, we tell beginners on the show all the time mm -hmm. to start with using your stop loss, yep. especially if you're a beginner while you're learning, John mm -hmm. sticks to the stop losses, no matter what, if it hits it. My problem with stop losses is especially in times and maybe in a normal market setting, I would be fine with it. But in times like now, um, you get these huge candle jumps that aren't really even the candle and it just hits the point and then they'll stop you out and you've lost a lot of money, even though it returns 30 seconds later yep. to the same spot you were just at. So that's my problem with stop losses, right? Especially right now is, I mean, you can just get closed out on something that didn't even happen. So my, uh, my idea of stop losses is if I'm buying an option, uh, my stop loss is already built into that option contract because it's already a defined amount of risk. But when I'm trading well, because you're something, selling spreads and that sort of stuff, you're, you don't buy the naked calls and puts. In volatility, you know, I'll buy, I'll buy a call or something um, if it's a setup that I like. But most of the time, if I, if I sell a defined risk spread um, or if I sell a put, a naked put, <laughs> I, I, I don't ever set stop losses then. The only time I set defined stop losses is in like future contracts. For one, they move uh, very, you know, they're big contracts, most of them. And so, you know, if you let one loser run, then it could, you know, could totally wipe you out versus if you let an option contract uh, expire worthless, you've already put as max risk on the table. Um, you know, so and it and it's already a fraction of your of your account versus uh, an option contract. It can take more than the margin you put up for it. So, you know, that's that's the that's my idea with the stop losses. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. when you're trading options, you can and in you know he was talking about buying an option call here and riding up to the to the top. Well, you already know what your max loss is already. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Um, when you when you buy an option, you 
Now, not, I guess there's tons of options that you can sell and you have um, infinite losses if you're not doing defined risk trades. But I mean, as far as like buying, if you bought an option for $300, that's, um, I mean, you can be willing to lose $300 and that's your max loss. You kind of know that. Whereas uh, the futures, I guess you don't. The futures, though, that's where I have the problem with it just jumping and hitting something real fast and then jumping right back up. So mm -hmm. it, it gets me in trouble sometimes, <laughs> but trying to be better about it, but it, it does get me in trouble because that, that frustrates me more than anything else when it, you get stopped out and it just goes straight back to normal. So that, that yeah. kind of sucks. I, yeah, I and we're, we're talking about like the larger time frames. Uh, one of the reasons that um, I've done decently well in the futures is that I've traded um, a lot of the micros instead because we're Chris and I are doing this um, uh, challenge um, and we can talk about that later but we're doing this um, futures challenge where we're trading uh, you know day trading futures and so one thing that I was actually doing is looking at the 15 in the hour and placing half the size I would normally place, but looking on a larger time frame so I could get wider with my stop loss and take profit. And then that, that allowed me to, you know, one little move wouldn't knock me out, but I could withstand a bigger move because my, uh, um, you know, the amount of money that's put on the table was much smaller. So I think that kind of goes back to a little bit of the tasty trade mechanics that, um, you know, Dustin has talked about before with this is, you know, keeping your positions uh, small enough to where they won't wipe you out. And, you know, that's, that's an important point, I feel like, for our viewers. Yeah, um, we actually got another question on the YouTube. Um, they want to know, how did you know to stay in the Walmart um, trades you made today? Um, do you have that chart for easy access or no? Yeah, um, you know, I can't say off the top of my head just – how busy today is, but let me uh, check it out and kind of let's see. Um, oh, you got all kinds of lines on this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely need to clean this, clean this one up for sure. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is what uh, I think. Not only my, definitely myself included, but um, even even more people who are starting to get, you know, just begin trading. They see a, a lot of people do the technical analysis, so you see that a lot. And I think that's why you know you get people who maybe haven't traded before, and then you you talk about. Hey, um, you can, it's, it's not too bad to learn how to trade. I mean, it's not easy, but you can learn how to do it. But then you see, you know, they see charts like, you know, like this with lines all over and it looks super complicated. It's overwhelming. To I mean, yeah, to even, even for me, um, a lot of technical analysis charts, I mean, it looks crazy. So the Walmart, um, was honestly just really like supposed to be a scalp. Um, just so, um, it has I guess before you get started, um, for the people who maybe are not in the, the pivotal discord yet because they're going to join. Um, tell them what position you were, you were looking at and maybe go through your, maybe just go through your whole process um, of when you decide to enter and then, you know, that sort of thing. Why'd you stay in? And that's just from the beginning, this, this trade. Yep, definitely. So around, uh, <clears throat> around 10 AM, I think we entered. Um, on this on this dip right here, so we you know we saw this big whole candle. I mean, it has positive news catalysts with with TikTok news and everything. So I already know like it's it's you know it, it's something that's going to be um, you know move moving and and definitely a bull. Um, that's getting worse so, and worse by the day, though. I think that's back in jeopardy. <laughs> um, so 
just, you know, this was really intended to just be a scalp. I mean, I know that it, a lot of people are paying attention to Walmart um, and, and it's, it's something that's moving um, just because it has, it's been having positive news catalysts. And so, you know, I see this big green candle and then this dip it open. Um, and, you know, th like I said, this was really just intended to be a scalp. And, uh, you know, we just wrote it all the way up. Um, yeah, it's secured almost all of it around here. And, uh, you know, as soon as you see like, okay, this candle, you know, it's a really big wick. Um, that really shows you that, that it's not too strong of a trend when there's a big wick like that. It means like, you know, it, it really tried and it pushed up to that price and it touched it, but you know, we closed all the way back down here. So that's almost half of the entire candle that was just a wick. So that, that kind of shows you like, all right, it's probably just going to fade into close. Like it's not, you know, nothing, not, nothing too strong. Um, so yeah, like I said, that was really only intended to be like maybe, you know, an hour, two hour trades at max or whatever, but um, it ended up being, you know, maybe closer to three or four hours. And I Walmart. think that um, the actual, support the at like 3.30, I mean, 3, Lord, uh, 1.35. Mm -hmm. So did that come into play yeah, with your entry? So, um, you know, it was really just a momentum, like like for a scalp, like I was talking about. Um, you know, if I was really looking at like the um, close up like this, really just in the last like four days, yeah, you could definitely draw in a line right there. You could see how many times it's, it's touched this level and kind of bounced. Um multiple times already. So, um, and then just another note, um, I actually just realized that I never said the exact security. Um, so it was the Walmart 925 um, expiration 138 strike call and we opened it for uh, 67 cents. And then that actually ended up going to 96. Yeah, so if you have multiple, a, a cheap contract like that, you can have a, plenty where that's a pretty good um, scalp. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, if you stack up on those, those cheap ones for a little scalp, you know, you're in and out in an hour and that's, you know, easily 30, 40%. So. Yeah. And I think that's one thing for the viewers to keep in mind, especially the ones who are in the pivotal discord. Sometimes um, we post trades, especially I would say John in particular post trades that are meant to, like you said, to be a scalp or a day trade. Um, but keep in mind, if you don't have the 25,000 in your account, um, you'll get um, the pattern day trading rule. So some of the, just because it's a good trade, just keep in mind what is intended um, to be a day trade as compared to what is intended, uh, you know, hold a day or two. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, another note on that, on that topic is uh, something that's really important for all the beginners is I don't even have a margin account. I actually have a cash account. And now a lot of like, you know, a lot of people, when you start out on Robinhood and you have the regular account, you probably don't even know what that means. The original account that you open when you have like something like Robinhood is a margin account. It's called Robinhood instant. And you probably don't even know what that means. Um, you know, the way to avoid that pattern day trader rule is one of two things. You can either have a margin account and have over $25,000 with it. Otherwise, you're going to be marked as a pattern day trader and restricted from day trading after, you know, doing more than three day trades in one five-day trading period. Or you can do what I do. And my account right now actually isn't even $25,000, this account that I'm, that I'm working with, but I have a cash account. So all that means is I can literally day trade as much as I want, in and out, as many times as I want, every single day, forever. Um, but the only... The only catch is I only have buying, you know, I can only trade up to my buying power every day. So um, basically with a margin account, they're spotting you for your unsettled funds from the proceeds of your trades. So like those funds really don't for options. It's, 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 it's next day for stocks. I think it's uh, three, three days. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, I specialize just in options. So I'm not, I'm not positive. It's either two or three days for stocks um, to settle and actually be able to have to use those funds for reinvestment. So um, you know, the, the margin accounts, you're basically, the, the broker is spotting you that money 
for whatever your unsettled funds are so that you can immediately reinvest it. So you have a thousand dollar account on Robinhood, you make a hundred dollar profit, you, you can invest that whole eleven hundred dollars right back in, even you know, even if you already used all of that. Whereas with a cash account, you you know, if you have a thousand dollar account and you enter a trade that's five hundred dollars and you enter another trade that's five hundred dollars, now you let's say you 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 have an ending balance of twelve hundred dollars in your account, you're done for the day. You cannot trade anymore. You can't reinvest any more than what you already used out of your buying power. However, because you're accepting that, you are literally able to day trade as much as you want. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's definitely a, a rule that I don't agree with necessarily because I feel like it honestly kind of holds back the beginners from 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 uh, from growing initially if you don't have a big account. But um, it, you know, definitely it kind of captures how much risk you're able to take on. So, you know, it's un, it's understandable, and um, you know, really. Um, other than having over 25k, which is just many people that are just starting out, that's like a very unrealistic thing. Um, definitely recommend opening a cash account. I like E-Trade. I like Thinkorswim. You know, this is what I swear by is Thinkorswim. Um, and then you know, there's there's plenty of other brokers you can use much better than Robinhood. And um, the one the one catch with this is Robinhood is actually yeah, I don't, I don't mean to just be shitting on Robinhood because I know a lot of you probably use it, but <laughs> but um, Robinhood is the only broker on the entire market that does not allow options trading on a cash account, believe it or not. So, you know, we're all options traders. You know, you want to avoid the, the PDT rule. And if you have Robinhood, there's literally no way other than having a $25,000 account on, on, on a margin account. There's no way. Because if you open a cash account with Robinhood, um, it's actually just going to be, you're only allowed to trade stocks, regular shares of common stock. So it's just, it's, you know, it's definitely something to think about. Um, if you want to be able to avoid that, that restriction is, uh, look into opening a cash account on some other broker. Yeah. And I didn't even know that you couldn't do the options on Robin hood on a cash account. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but me and John definitely, when we got started, it was Robin hood. I mean, it's the easiest one to use for beginners and it, we don't mean, we're not talking, me and John's talked about Robin hood on the, on the show plenty of times. We're not talking trash about Robin hood. It's very easy for beginners. I mean, there's a lot of, I use Robinhood a lot of times because it's easier for me to look at than Tastyworks because I got to log in every single time. So, I mean, I kind of look at Robinhood for my prices, and then if I want to make a trade, then I log into my Tastyworks on my phone or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know about the cash account. Me and John, I almost switched to a cash account um, when I first started because of the pattern day trading rule, and I knew you, knew you could do that. The only reason I didn't was because the, you know, the three or four days it takes for you to, to settle your funds basically. So that's, that kind of sucks, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, like I said, with, with options, it's really nice is uh, with a cash account, it, it settles the next day. So like, you know, I could day trade as much as I want up to my buying power. And then the next day, just rinse and repeat. Um, and then, you know, with stocks, obviously it sucks that it takes like three days, but um yeah, like, you know, I, you know, I, I could say all this stuff about Robinhood. I mean, it, it was a great platform to learn on. And, and it's what I started with. It's what basically everyone starts with when they first hear about the stock market and get interested. And um, honestly, just due to the simplicity and how easy it is. Um, and now like their fractional fractional shares trading. Um, yeah, I actually still have my Robinhood account and I just use it for some dollar cost averaging into, into ETFs, like my long-term portfolio. Um, that's really all I use it for. I definitely would say to stray from using Robinhood for trading options because it's just, I mean, so many things are against you already. And then to not even have like quality charts, you know, it's just like, uh, it's just so many things. And then, like I said, you know, they're, they're the only broker that uh, you can't trade options on a cash account. So there's just like too many things going against you, especially as a beginner. Um, you know, it's just, that, I think that's a big reason why so many accounts get blown up on Robinhood 
is not even just the fact that they're beginners, but there's just, you know, additional factors playing against you just, just from uh, the way that they're set up. Yeah, I mean, if a lot of people don't know, Robinhood's kind of um, – there's a delay in prices because that's why they're free is because they sell their order flows to hedge funds, basically. So when they, there's huge orders coming in on one stock, the hedge funds can, you know, buy in. So there's actually a delay in the pr – the price you see on your Robinhood isn't the actual price at the time, which could help you or could hurt you. But, I mean, when trading, you kind of want to know um, – you know, the price right at the, um, right when you're trying to trade. Um, we got another question from YouTube. Um, Keith O'Hara, he, he wants us to dive into um, using screeners and scanners. And um, he says you use in TOS to spot plays. Um, I guess, John, you're the only one with TOS. So <laughs> I guess this is for you. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't, you know, I, it's definitely helpful. I don't use it every single night because I really. So first just... off, I, I'm not sure what he's talking about. So what, what, um, what does he mean by screener and scanner? So I use, um, you know, occasionally it's not, it's not a huge part of my, of my strategy, but, um, so a really cool tool on, on thinkorswim is the stock scanner. So for example, um, well, I'm just moving something. You guys can't even see it, but it's, it's the zoom box. Um, so for example, I could like look up, okay, what are some stocks that had a percentage change today of at least, um, I don't know, 5%, let's say, or I don't know, just to play it safe, guarantee that there's something, let's say 3%. And I'm, I'm using it from my, um, hold on, um, scan in. So this is like, you can, you can break it down by certain sectors, the whole market, anything. So I go to personal and like my specific, um, master watch list is just like, you know, probably close to a hundred stocks that I, that I, that I, uh, I'm always adding in and, and uh, <clears throat> taken out of. So, you know, I could say like, all right, I'm going to filter it by stocks that <clears throat> losing my voice, man. <laughs> Um, stocks that had at least a 3% change today and then add another filter in um, to say, okay, uh, something that has at least a volume of, I don't know, 5 million or something, let's say. And then, It's basically just a, um, a filter system so you can look through the market quickly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's really helpful, especially at nighttime to be able to um, – to be able to just scan for certain things that you look for. I don't know why it's not letting me type 5 million in, but. Um. Yeah, so um, Tastyworks, I'm not sure if they have this exact thing, but they have um, they have created watch lists for you and you can like look up the highest, end, the highest IV ranks and mm -hmm. this person's watch list and this person. So I probably should start using that more. That's the one thing I struggle with the most is I get my watch list and I look at the stocks on there and, I, you know, where I'm at work a lot of the times, um, you know, I don't go browsing for other stocks. So if I don't see a trade on my watch list and, you know, I'm, I'm not doing something when, whereas, um, you know, there, there's, there's stuff out there. People, you hear people all the time say um, the market was down or up or whatever, but um, I mean, there's money to be made every single day. It just may not be on your watch list. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely. It seems like a, a good tool. Um, and you were talking about using it at night, which brings, um, which is one of the questions I guess I had kind of. Um, what kind, so me and John, we both, you know, work at, for people who work a day job and that sort of thing, if we wanted to get into the technical analysis, it would be, you know, what we would be doing at night, basically, not stuff we can, you know, look at through the day. How would you say, 
how, how would you tell someone who maybe does work at a day job, what's a way to use the technical analysis more on that sense where maybe not, you know, uh, right on time, intraday sense, but something you can set up, you know, at, at nighttime and then use it during the day that's already set up? Yeah, I would definitely use tools like this. And then I would say, um, you know, definitely look towards swing trading versus day trading. Like just because you're a technical analyst doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, getting in and getting out in, yeah. uh, th in three minutes. You know, you, you could be doing all this technical analysis and you're playing the long game with, uh, you know, three weeks out, a month out or whatever um, with your expiration. So, you know, I would definitely do your due, due diligence at nighttime um, and just, you know, try, try and find some really quality setups that you're very comfortable with that you understand. And then, you know, on the night of, you can do little filters like this, like, okay, you know, I, uh, obviously, you know, you guys could probably speak more on, on like the back testing of some of this stuff with the scanning um, for like finding, you know, uh, let's say, Oh, there's an 80% probability that a stock that just went up, you know, 3% that the next day it's going to, uh, you know, continue to go up or something. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of back testing you could do. I think there actually are capabilities to back test in Thinkorswim, but I'm just not certain of how to do that yet. <laughs> the on demand up there at the top. Yeah, so Alex talked about this last week, and John made a Thinkorswim account solely to use the feature. There's like an on demand, so you can like yeah, basically. You can basically oh, right play okay. through the whole day. So, like, you can restart today from the beginning, and it would just go through the time like it was happening. So and you, you can, can fast forward it, too. And you can, like, make it – make the five-minute tick at, at uh, five – like, three times the normal speed, and you can, like, act That's like awesome. you're placing trades as it goes. That's awesome. Yeah, I've actually just never used it. Um, but, I, downloaded uh, yeah, so Toss, I downloaded Toss just for that feature. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah they have a lot of tools. I think I think uh, Toss has the most tools, um, and then Robinhood has the least. And it is, I guess, it depends on where on the spectrum that like that you need. I think if you start trading options, you got you have to kind of leave um, Robinhood because you need you need you need to see more information about what you're doing and then you can go all the way up into toss if you need uh the back testing and you need the scanners and you need the studies and all the different things that it has so it, it's a definitely powerful piece of software yeah i mean I, I think that's one of the things that people you know you talk bad about robin hood it serves a purpose when you first start it start out robin hood is great it's the by far the easiest to use i mean if i would have started out and got on tasty works I mean, it's a lot, it makes it a lot more convoluted and, um, you know, that sort of thing. You, you got all these features and stuff that you don't even know how to barely, you know, put in an order to buy a couple of shares of stock when you first start out. So how can you use um, all these features? So it's just one of the things that as you go through, um, you'll eventually move up. And then there's people who, you know, like one of our friends that we had on the show multiple times, Fat Baby Funds, I mean, I think he's got like almost 200 grand in a Robinhood account, but he, you know, he basically buys stocks based on their financials and he plays options every once in a while for fun, but you know, that works for him. So it's, it's, what do you want to do with it? So like um, the Thinkorswim, it has by far the most features it has on demand. Then you got Tastyworks, which a lot of people are using now because the commissions are probably the lowest in the industry. They're actually, um, Tony Batista tweeted me, back i think I, I forget what i said on there but he tweeted me back and said that they were they were about to launch their charting 
feature. So they're, I think they're going to be pretty close to think or swim here soon, but probably without the, the demand. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm trying, like we was talking earlier, I don't know that I'll learn the technical analysis to do as my, you know, my full strategy, but I would like to be able to use it to know when to exit trades. Cause I mean, I've had some here recently, I think two weeks in a row while I was out in California, which made it even harder because I was on like a construction site. Um, like two weeks in a row, I had a pin um, call that, I mean, I, I, it was right. I hit, hit it big. I mean, it probably made, you know, two or $300, but it ended up being seven or $800, but I got out the two or $300. Cause I, I mean, can't take the risk because I, I don't know really how to use the, the technical analysis yet to, to do that. Um, but mainly a lot of, a lot of what gets in my way is I don't like taking losers. So just because I buy a $300 option, I'm willing to lose $300, but I don't want to. Um, so there's a lot of times where I'm right, but I'm wrong in the intermediate term that if I would just wait a little bit longer, I would be right. Like, so I think I had a pin again, pin, which is, I don't know. You shouldn't play that one. That one's hard to play, but I had a pin put last week when it shot up, it was like 73 or so. I bought a put because I thought, I think that's too high for, um, you know, until the app, until their app officially releases, I think that's too high. So I bought a put there. Um, and I figured we was going to have a down week, which we, we did on Monday. So anyhow, pin rose up on Monday and, you know, I, I got out probably only down, you know, 25, 30 bucks. But if I had held it today, they, you know, they put out a public offering and it dropped to like 62 bucks. And that would have been, you know, that, that probably would have been a thousand dollar winner or more. That was a $10 drop, but I, I got out yesterday. So I'm, I just need to figure out a tool to know, you know, hey, wait or, you know, get out. So I'm looking to try to learn some technical analysis to, to do those things. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, if you're not in the Pivotal Discord um, yet, that's one of the cool features we have. If you're not quite ready to do technical analysis yet, don't worry. We got a we got a place in there where you can post um, the charts you want, and somebody like John or Dustin who does know what they're doing will do it for you and give it to you. So. It's just another reason to join the, the pivotal discord right yeah. there. And so I have a question for Dustin now. So when we had you on uh, a few uh, weeks ago, or maybe a month or two ago, I can't remember when we first had you on, <laughs> but you talked more about like the um, selling volatility, you know, shorting volatility strategies and how, um, you know, technical analysis, you know, how is looking at something in the past, you know, help you in the future type thing. Uh, but then recently I've seen you, uh, you know, posting some technical analysis stuff on the YouTube channel and getting into it. Has John swayed you to the dark side? I'm not going to lie. I think he has. I think he, you know <laughs> I mean? uh, my first view, I mean, because mainly main, I listen to Tasty Trade, I was like, you know what? it's too hard to learn all this technical analysis crap. You know what I mean? I don't like watching all the news and all that. You know what I mean? What am I going to look for? I just want to see volatility and that's it. I don't care what it is. You know what I mean? I don't care what stock it is. If it has volume and has volatility, then that's what I want. Boom, done. 
But now, I mean, my technical analysis I do is not as like intense as what John does here. Um, he knows All those winners, uh, you, you got a little bit of FOMO, I guess, huh? <laughs> <laughs> basically, I'm scared. I want to, I want to jump on, man. I'm trying to ride his coattails. But basically, that's what, what I, I do. Is, doing. I'm gonna quit posting. If you don't see any posts from me anymore, that's because all my capital is just in John's trades. <laughs> Even his little ones, dude. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, so, big so I still have my Robinhood account for my fun money. Every time he puts like a lottery one for like twenty bucks, like. Let me put one contract of that in. Maybe that'll hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, though. But, yeah, I'm not as hardcore into it. Yeah, I mean, if you look at my charts and stuff that I post in the, the Pivotal Trading or you watch uh, the Start With The Chart videos that I post on here on the YouTube, uh, you'll notice that it's mainly just kind of RSI and then finding support and resistance. And then it's mo mainly just larger trends. So I'm mostly in the daily, four-hour, weekly, something like that. And just trying to find some patterns in there, you know what I mean? Descending triangles, ascending triangles, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, but nothing too heavy. A little bit of MACD here and there. Um, that's a question I had for John since we're here. I guess I could text you, but, you know, I, I, need, I think other viewers need to hear this. But uh, you know more about MACD than I do. So what are you looking for when you're looking for the MACD? Obviously, it's to confirm the volume move, the RSI, right? But are you so looking before you go into that... What, I mean, explain what MACD is. I mean, I've never heard the term before, so even uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. So it's just moving average convergence divergence, <laughs> which is fun to say. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so it's usually what you take like the 26, you subtract 26 EMA um, exponential moving average well, by the 12 EMA, right? Is that right, John? Or yeah, yeah. you can make it whatever you want. It's usually like a nine day period or something like that. But are you looking for just kind of crossovers in that or just like, far away from diverging from zero or or what are you looking at exactly yeah so i always look for crossovers so really um you know like like you said there's a 12 day line and there's a there's a 26 day line um it's kind of similar to you know just simple moving averages it's the same concept is like you want to see the the shorter term um moving average you know cross above the the longer term moving average and that's a bullish indication and vice versa you know if the longer term one crosses above the shorter term one then that's a bearish indication to buy puts so it's the same concept it's just it's using exponential moving averages instead so you know you, you if you see a crossover on the macd um the good thing about thinkorswim is like they actually give you like actual buy and sell signals at specific points they give you like little up arrows and down down arrows kind of like a little cheat code <laughs> and like you'd be surprised i'd say like probably like 60 60 70 percent of the time like you know, at least in, at least for a scalp, just for like you know, uh, for an hour or something like it, it. You you definitely could make money just trading those those little buy and sell signals. Um, so you know, it's just really um, it's just another thing. I wouldn't rely on it too heavily, but it's definitely another thing you want to pay attention to to like um, kind of add into your strategy and use with RSI and with the patterns and the news and everything else that you're you're looking at. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, so um, along with that, since we were talking about the moving average, um, Alex last week, he said when he started, he um, used a lot of the indicators. And John, of course, uses the Bollinger Bands. I have them on my chart, too, when we're doing the futures. But is there any indicators you use, or is it just you straight do the technical analysis with the support, resistance, that sort of thing? Or are there indicators you like looking at as well? I think Chris missed that missed that part earlier. Um, oh, so if you already talked about it, we can talk about it later. No reason to re re-explain it. Yeah, th he was moving some stuff, but the MACD is an indicator uh, as yeah, well, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah so, um, 
yeah so we yeah we covered that so we'll, yeah, so we'll i guess talk that yeah. uh, but anyways um yeah i just wanted to poke at uh dustin there a little bit because i know he is uh switched sides there I, you know i think uh bring a little entertainment here to us but um yeah because i was watching i was like is he doing technical analysis now i know that ain't just doing technical analysis i was like I knew uh, John had done uh, influence there. So, uh, I mean, it's good to stay open-minded. I think all of us, uh, you know, we, we can all stay open-minded about something we don't know about. I don't know anything about technical analysis. Um, you know, learned a good bit tonight already, and uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, um, so staying with Dustin, um, so if you listened to the show before, you, you might have heard him say it. He hasn't talked about it too much, I don't think. But Dustin basically – one of his main strategies is he just does iron condors on options at the day of expiration, which may be the riskiest trade of all time. Because <laughs> you lose a lot of money fast or start having to roll, which you did have to roll yesterday. Yeah, did you see that? Yeah, that was yeah, a big you know, working out. Um, what do you look for to decide um, when to do those? Are you just looking for the all day, like find the channel that it's – sticks in like this is a range it's held all day um there's an hour and a half left it's probably fine yeah mainly uh like i said before on the show uh just kind of been working with like right around the two o'clock uh time frame and then basically just hoping that power hour doesn't really run up on you or dive down on you and i thought for sure yesterday that we found the bottom there uh, i even bought a spy call i even called it out in chat and i was completely wrong so i thought for sure we had it uh, right there. And that was mainly just a little bit of technical analysis. Uh, I'm still not good at it. Uh, but I, I think more, it's just kind of, there's not really a support that like I look for. I look for this key support. It's more of like an area. So if we are in there, you know what I mean? Then we sort of break out of the area that I'm looking at and I'm like, okay, I think we're good. Um, which I've been doing decent at, at these uh, zero. Yeah, that was since we've been in pivotal trading. Sorry. I said, since we've um, been a part of Pivotal Trading, yesterday was the first loser that I've seen. Yeah, and actually, it was only a small loss. It could have been max loss, but I had to ro I rolled down. Yeah, so. you rolled. Yeah, yeah so which people, if you don't, if, if, you know, beginners a lot of times don't under, you might not understand, you know, about the, the rolling thing, so you can get into trouble. I would say look that up. Well, so I, so I, I have a couple questions there for Dust on that because I know he's using – halfway tasty trade mechanics but so he's actually doing the date expiration so when you say you roll down the untested side are you so if it's zero days to go and you are um say you're one just just for demonstration purposes you're probably what are you like one two stand you're two standard deviations away right uh yeah well it's in between a standard yeah so like one like 1.5 standard deviation yeah, yeah yeah it's like 10 9 delta so so yes, say uh, say it's like noon. It's it's like noon, and you're like, hey, I want to do a one and a half standard deviations away. So you place it, and you're just sitting there watching, and then it starts to go massively against you. So walk us through, uh, like I guess it was the was it today that that happened or yesterday? Yesterday. So yesterday it's moving against you. Now do you move? Um, so you're selling. So and the market went down, and that was against you, right? Yes. Yes. So the market moves down. So the call that you sold, you're basically buying that back and moving it closer to the strike price. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's all that is. To yeah, collect yeah. more I, credit, I, I, and you're probably still 1.5 standard deviations away when you roll. 
Well, it, it all depends on where I want my Delta at and what I think um, the rest of the market is going to do going forward. So sometimes I'll just, uh, you know, roll down the puts just a little bit and then I'll leave the calls and just let them you know, expire worthless, whatever. Sometimes I want to get some more um, premium in. So I'll roll down the calls and then sometimes I'll try to get Delta neutral when I roll everything down. So that's kind of what I did yesterday. Um, I forget exactly what the Delta was. So are you was, just, are, are you just moving the one leg and, and like taking it from a five point wide on the call side to like a 10 point wide, or are you moving both of this whole spread on the top of the calls down? I just do both of them just easier that way for me. So yeah. So basically you're basically just closing out that spread and then opening up a new one, collecting a little bit more premium. And so that I saved your, that saved you from, uh, having as a big of a loss as you would by managing it yes oh yeah 100 percent. yeah so um, is there, do you know about how much that saved you yeah yeah so basically i think what was the original i think it was like the max loss was like 450 yeah 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 because i think it was like 50 dollars, 70 dollars, somewhere around yeah, there it's like 50 60 dollar credit 450 max loss yeah yeah so max loss would have been 450 uh basically when i rolled that down um i basically bought that um, old iron condor for like 225 ish and then I received a dollar fifty credit or dollar credit on the new iron condor basically. So I mean uh what was so, so you lost like 75 bucks or something? Yeah, somewhere around there, which I'll, I'll take that. I'll gladly do that, especially when I'm like dead wrong yeah. or something doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? So, so but you you I, can I, make that back on the next one you do. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So what? When you're doing these, since they are pretty risky, what percent credit are you looking to the max loss? You're like, looking for it to expire 50, worthless, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to expire worthless. That's why. That's why I have this, this strategy. I want something I can just kind of set and forget because as soon as you start trying to do start stop losses and all that stuff, well, you're going to hit your three times credit, not three times credit, but like you might hit um you know what i mean two times credit pretty quick especially if you're only doing 50 cents or something like that and especially with the uh the higher rate of change since it's the uh zero data expiration yeah because your gamma and that's your rate of change your gamma is so much higher so gamma is basically your rate of change uh relative how quick your deltas change right yes the rate of change of your deltas yep you're exactly right so uh, higher gamma, higher rate of change, your delta, your 10 delta could all of a sudden turn into a 30 delta, you know what I mean? Not, not that drastic, but you, you get the point that I'm saying, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, uh, yeah, basically I want it to expire worthless. So every time I put these on in Pivotal, I call it out in Pivotal, the goal is to let these expire worthless and I'll let it come as close <laughs> as, as, as I possibly can. You know what I mean? If, it, if, I, if I still feel that, um, you know what I mean? We only have half an hour left, expected moves, uh, on the, SPX is what, like, say they expect a move is like $10 uh, and we're still like $15 away. I'll still leave it. You know what I mean? I'm not messing with anything. But all of a sudden, yesterday, when volatility kicked in, um, when I was dead wrong, our expected move went from like 13 to like 17 really quick. And all of a sudden, we we're, you know what I mean? And I, I just got scared. And uh, it's a good thing that I rolled down. So, so yeah. these are five, uh, $5 wide iron condors, right? Yeah, all these are $5. Yeah, basically everything I call out in Pivotal Trading is just going to be $5. So just make it cheap and easy for everybody. So, Yeah, you put that one in yesterday, and I knew what Jerome Powell has said in his press conference. I was like, I don't know about that one. This is, I mean, he basically said economic recovery was in high doubt or whatever. I was like, this is not 
going to end very well. Um, but like I said, um, since these are risky, what is there a percent credit you're looking for to your master class? So say that one was, you know, $50 credit and 450 was, you know, the capital cost. Um, is there like a certain number that you want to receive in credit on those compared to what you're putting up? Or is it just like, I think this is going to happen. We got an hour left. Let's wing it. <laughs> it's basically uh, whatever I feel like that day. There's not, a, like, it's usually around 50. If it's below 50, I'm not going to mess with it. Um, it would be, I, I want it to be as close to a dollar as I possibly can, right? You want it to be a dollar, but with uh, some of the, sometimes there's no volatility, right? So then I'll take 50, uh, 50, 60 bucks, somewhere around there. That's fine. I mean, I'm still getting like an 80 something probability of profit. So it's still something pretty high. Um, but yeah, if it's under 50, I'm not going to mess with it. It's not even worth risking. You know what I mean? But, um, and a lot of people do these in like 10 lots and stuff too. You know what I mean? So that 50 is actually 500. You know what I mean? You can do five lot, two lot, whatever. Um, but yeah, um, just around 50, 60. I don't think I've posted one. I got scared. So I haven't posted one that's been close to a dollar in a while besides yesterday to make up. You had one um, last week that was like 80 or something, 70 oh, okay. or 80. Yeah, and yeah, it hit. You had you posted two at the same. You posted two the same time. You put one that was seventy, one that was fifty last week. Oh, um, I guess a lot of people listen. They probably you know you think they think about options expiring on you know Fridays, but you know SPY and SPX and stuff. I mean, it's every couple of days, so you can use the strategy multiple times a a week. I guess. Um, one thing when you start posting those. Give me a confidence level. So, like, put this and be like, I feel like this is a seven. <laughs> or I, I don't feel good about this one. I, I need some confidence levels if we're, we're risking 500 bucks to make 50. <laughs> I need my own little indicator. Yeah, you yeah I've, almost, I've almost texted back on there. I was like, how confident do we feel about this one? <laughs> yeah, yesterday I didn't feel confident about anything. Well, I, I felt confident in that little crappy spy call that was, like, 200 bucks or whatever. I was like, dude, we got this. Bottoms in completely wrong i was like all right i'm done i give up you get out it would have hit today wasn't it i got out i got out yesterday like yeah it, it would have it hit today i think i was Did like 328 it was 328 so now yeah it was too much data oh so you got it like way before the bottom yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about you got it maybe like 323 or something and then this morning it plummeted more or whatever um we have a couple more questions on Twitter. This one's um, for John. Um, I'll just read it because I don't, I'm not really sure. I mean, you'll know what he's referring to, but I don't exactly know. And this is a pretty direct question. Um, he said, he says you posted a V chart on discord this um, morning. He said the blue lines are support and resistance. What is the yellow and how do you determine um, what that is? Um, I think that was the opposite, right? The blue lines are kind of just your price points and the yellow lines, a trend, correct? Yeah, so I'm looking at it right now. So the blue lines are just based, like I said, the horizontal, they're blue on um, the horizontal ones. They're like just based on specific price levels, um, like where, where something has happened in, in, in the price history of the stock. And then the, the yellow lines are like, you know, like in this, in this specific example, you can see that for most of that price history and that, that time period on the chart, like it's been fluctuating and hitting between those two yellow trend lines. So that's like considered a channel, you can call it. Um, with the exception of that, that one breakthrough, um, you know, it, it came right back down into that channel and now it's at the bottom of the channel. So now, you know, to me that that's, that's, that, that's an indication to buy. And, um, yeah, so, you know, that's, that's really, uh, 
just the difference between the yellow and the blue. He says, what else should, besides those, what else should um, people be looking at when they look at your charts in particular? He wants to know what, when you post charts, what, what he should be looking at. Yeah, well, um, this week I got a little lazy. I've been, <laughs> been um, you know, just crazy, crazy busy. So I've just kind of just been posting them, just trying to get out a lot of uh, different trade ideas. And like, you know, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of hard work on the, on the, the charting itself, but I have I've kind of been slacking a little with the notes. So that's definitely something moving forward. Like, you know, this weekend you can expect a lot more, uh, more detailed notes that I'll be putting in now that I have a little more time. Um, yeah, I've just been trying to, like I said, I've just been trying to get out like as many charts as I can just to uh, kind of give you guys as many ideas as possible for, for your trades. Um, but yeah, so, so you, you could, you could usually rely on um, that. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll include some notes saying like um, something about MACD or RSI or the Bollinger Bands. And, and you know, sometimes I'll uh, attach, you know, like I said, I have those two sections on my, on my Thinkorswim set up. Sometimes I'll, I'll attach like a screenshot of both of them. Uh, I just feel like that, like this big one that doesn't have any indicators is very simplistic. It's just the, the price and my, my trend lines that I drew up is not nothing else to make it more complicated for the beginners, especially. So I feel like it help really helps you to, to pick up on the trends that I'm seeing. Um, whereas like my other one, it, it just, there's a million lines everywhere. And it's like, you know, it's definitely more intimidating for the, especially for the beginners to really understand what's happening. So that's really why I've been only sending, um, this one is it's just, it's just simpler, you know, it's, it's a bigger chart. It's more zoomed in and there, there are, there's less lines going crazy everywhere. So. Yeah. If you ever, if anyone ever looks at one of John's charts and, or anyone else's or anything, we stay in there for that matter. And you don't understand what we're referring to, or there's something else you want, or you have a question about that, just text right under it. Somebody will reply. I mean, if, exactly. if you don't know what you're looking John posts a chart and you're like, well, I see this chart. I don't know what to look at here. Just, I mean, ask him, he'll tell you. So say those he didn't post the notes, if, if someone would have been like, hey, what do I need to look like here? You'd probably got notes out of it. So you just got to be, just ask. If you don't know, ask. It's probably not, I mean, we're probably not thinking about it because um, we may, since we've been doing it for a while, we may think it's obvious, but it may, may not be obvious. And we all forget that sometimes that, you know, even the real, real simple stuff, if you're a beginner, may not be really simple. So just just make sure you ask. He also said, um, what's the red um, one at 193.76? Oh, that's just, um, thinker, that's just the, the like Thinkorswim gives whatever the current price is. So that's like the last closing price for, for, for V at the time that I sent that chart. That's just like whatever the current price was. Oh, yeah, makes it only red because it was a red day. So that would be a green a green box if it was like, uh, you know, if it was positive for the day. And then um, the next question, I guess, for anyone, it doesn't matter who John talks about it. Um, John Burrell talks about it a lot, so he, he may be best at taking it. Um, he asked, what are deviations? Um, I'm, 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 when this question came in, we were talking about Dustin's um, standard deviation. So I assume he's asking what's, um, what, what um, we mean by standard deviation, basically, which, I mean, standard deviation is just a statistical measure but for what we're referring to um go ahead john you can well i actually um i'll let i'll let dustin explain this in relationship to his trade we briefly touched on it but um he could probably say it more fluently than i can <laughs> okay i was gonna say you use it as well i know <laughs> i'll just make it easy for everybody uh because i'm pretty dumb when it comes to this too uh basically your standard deviation that's going to be your 16 delta so what you have is you have 16 delta on your calls, 16 delta on your puts. Uh, that adds 30, that's what, together that's 32. That gives you a 68% chance 
Um, so that's when you see a bell curve anywhere, that's your standard deviation. Um, so you have a 68% chance that the price is going to stay in between um, this certain uh, strikes, I guess. Um, and then referring to my strategy, I always do around a 10 delta. Uh, basically, if you go out to two and a half standard deviations, there's no premium out there in anything. You're too far out. Uh, even though, yes, it's like, oh, the further out, that's more extrinsic value. No, it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? So uh, too far out, it is, you're not going to collect that much premium. Um, too far in, you know, you don't want to be like right at the money because, yeah, there's more premium to be collected. Um, but you're, you're way inside your bell curve, bell curve of your standard deviation. So that you could go over here really quick or over this way really quick. Um, but uh, yeah, so I stay right around the 10 delta, which is in between a one standard deviation and a two standard deviation. Yeah, and standard de deviation and referred to markets is basically, you know, he's trading SPX. So that's the S&P 500 and a good measurement for um, volatility is the VIX index. So, and when you're looking at the SPX and you're looking at one standard deviation, that's what's considered the expected move of that stock. And uh, like Dustin was saying, you can figure the the inverse of what Delta you use will tell you the probability of the outcome of this option even you know being profitable or non-profitable uh, based on where it's at in that range of the expected move and and when you when you look at what is the expected move that's usually reference to the one standard deviation but there's you know you can go farther and wider out than that and so hopefully that that helps i, th I think uh, i think that's a good explanation of of his strategy and like you said he's going out like one and a half standard deviation so and as far as like width it's not very risky what we were talking about the risk part of it is the um, rate of change of the deltas so even though he's one standard deviate or one and a half standard deviation out that um standard deviation that he is out can rapidly change with the price because there's no time decay built into that because it's zero days to expiration. Yeah, and um, that's the one group we haven't got to yet because I went on vacation, Dustin came on, and then we joined Pivotal. So we've had all kinds of other current events that we felt like it was more important to talk about, like the IPOs. And then there's another current event thing that we talked about a while back. Uh, Sunday, John, we're doing, we'll do Gamma. So have your Gamma um, lesson prepared for Sunday's episode. We'll make sure we touch on gamma, but back to standard deviation. That's, it's not necessarily a market term. It's, it's more of just, this is the, the ch most likely chance that something will happen. We use it a lot in engineering. It's, it's just a statistical thing. It's denoted by the Sigma. And I mean, you can look at all different ones. What's <laughs> like 68% chance of happening, like 90% chance of happening. And actually, how we're using it with uh, how we're using it with options, we're actually not using it statistically. We're actually using it as a forecasting model more than we are using it as what has happened. So a lot of times, uh, you you know, a lot of people use it statistically and what has happened. Like you can look at well, what was the move? What was the um, relative move uh, to the standard deviation? Uh, but how we use it in markets is a, a it's a forward-looking thing when we're looking how we're talking now in markets we're looking what's the standard deviation of, or what's the expected move of the market going forward not 
not in in reverse. So uh, there's de yeah, definitely multiple uses for standard deviation, but in reference to markets, we're basically uh, looking at the the swing of 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 a price of a stock. Yeah, but I mean, it's still calculated using historical, you know, what has happened. No, not not what we're talking about. Is it using historical? But in the market, they have to base it on something. How do you get? They're basing on the option chain. Yeah. Yeah, it's where the volume okay. is in the options change. Yeah, it's actually it's actually a forward-looking thing because uh, it's looking what is the expected move of the future, and it's actually based on real-time data that's moving in the option chains now. So it's it's a very useful tool. It's one of the only things that's actually forward-looking. Yeah, exactly. And I, like John mentions the uh, mechanics and stuff all the time. I mean, that's that comes into play a lot when we're discussing that. Um. Before we wrap this up, John, you got any other questions for either John or Dustin? Um, no, I think I think that this was a great episode. I think a lot of people learned a lot about, you know, we did, it wasn't a very long um, lesson, but it was jam-packed of a lot of ideas and concepts that I think a lot of people can bring from this. And once again, you know, we said before, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to any of us. I know I learned a lot um, just how to approach the mindset, like how should I be thinking about drawing lines of uh, support resistance and trend lines? Um, you know, he, he, he broke it down for us or we can, you know, look at it. So if you're listening to the podcast version, you can go to Pivotal Trading on YouTube and you can look at the actual charts because if you're just listening to it, this is an episode that you might want to go to the YouTube channel and really look at because it's a it's so much a visual thing and you can learn a lot from this episode and, and feel free to reach out to us. And I think that, you know, another takeaway of this episode is I'm not from the technical, um, you know, analysis thing, so it's new for me, but I'm trying to keep an open mind. And, you know, as we pointed out, uh, uh, John has actually, you know, started to convert Dustin a little bit there over to technical analysis. So it de definitely has its spot uh, in the game, you know, in this stock market game or whatever you want to call it. Um, so keep an open mind and, and, and figure out a strategy that works for you. And it might not work for someone else, but still be open to it because you might be able to pull some really good information from it. And I think I think that's I think that's all I have to, to really say. I don't really have any more questions. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I mean, especially um, you know, day trading wise, the technical analysis could be a super good tool as far as day trading. Because I mean, if you're if you're like long, you know, six months from now, you may have an idea of like I'm bullish. You don't really care if it drops this amount this day or this amount this day, whatever. Because you're looking, you know, a year from now or whatever. So I think day trading it, it has a you know it could be a very useful tool that we could use. Yeah, a lot because more. a lot can happen in the short term that can be bullish and bearish, but that's within a wave of a longer, like if say you, you might be short on a five minute chart, but you're actually bullish over, you know, a month or so. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's so much on the shorter time frame that you can do in multiple strategies. You know, you can be selling iron condors zero days expiration, or you can be drawing uh, support and resistance lines on the five minute chart. So there's a lot there's a lot more tools that you can use on a lower time frame um, than I feel like you can on a longer time frame because I think the longer you go, the the more 
the real world data of like what companies are actually valued at matter more than you know either support and resistance or uh, or you know you know short term short term things. But in the in the in the short term, you know, there's a lot of fluctuation and a lot of things that move markets like emotion. And it's not so, and it's a, a fear. It's not just a valuation of companies, even though over the long term, the valuation might, may be valued way more than the technical analysis stuff. But in the short term, technical analysis can work. Uh, strategies like short volatility can work. So there's just so much more that you can use in the short time frame and just be open minded. Yeah, and as John mentioned, this was kind of, um, we touched on some stuff. This was kind of a beginner episode. If you guys are interested in a more in-depth technical analysis lesson, let us know. I'm sure we can work something out that's not on our a podcast, but, you know, just an actual more like a, a webinar or a training session on a specific topic where we could go into more depth if people are interested in that. Or, I mean, I'm sure Dustin's lo always looking for um, different stocks to do, um, start with the chart on, so you can always hit him up and, and um, give him your ideas there. Um, we do the pitch every week, but this time I, I think Dustin should do the pitch on why everyone should join the Pivotal Trading Discord. <laughs> As the captain of the ship. Ever. It's the As the captain of the ship, he's the only one that has the Pivotal Trading in every username. <laughs> right big metallica fan i can tell you this about dustin big metallica fan <laughs> and as a virginia as a virginia, as a virginia tech fan i can respect that hey see exactly the greatest football intro ever i mean it gets Yo. me pumped every time i see him walk out the window. <laughs> um yeah so um basically it's like this every day. You got four different guys here with four different uh, perspectives. There's also two other guys. Yeah, we got six guys. Six guys. But with, not even, I mean, we're putting stuff in there, but even the users, I mean, what we're up to, what, 100 users or so now? Yeah, I think we have like 101 member count right now. Uh, so actually, I mean, a couple more just joined as we were doing this. So uh, we're probably way above that now. So. Hopefully um, we can take credit for that. And they were watching this from our Twitter link. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's just, uh, you get to see six different perspectives on different things. So it's not just join our discord and we're going to sell you on this, right? It, it's not that um, it's six different perspectives. So, I mean, and me and me and uh, John Reagan, we, we disagree a lot of the times. So ask him, he, he knows. Because uh, he'll be like, oh, man, I see this in technical analysis. I'm long here. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? The volatility is skewed so far to the call side. I'm shorting the crap out of that, right? I'm selling a credit spread. Um, but you know what I mean? It's just uh, different perspectives on things. And uh, it's a great community. Um, there is, there's a free version, but there's also a uh, $5 premium uh, version that we do have. That's where you get a bunch of educational resources. Um, a lot of different watch lists and stuff like that, uh, different information. There's also a lot of bots in there that you can utilize um, as well. So um, it's just a great community we're trying to build, good people in there. And um, like I said, it's just a very diverse group of traders where you can learn uh, six different ways of how to do something, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, and we all, we all look at different, you know, stocks like John Burrell is doing futures. I mean, a lot of people don't have the small, you know, is not using the small exchange, but as that gets bigger, a lot of retail investors will be using that more. So you have that in there. Like I mentioned before, 
I assume most places you can request um, technical analysis charts, but in Pivotal you can. The I mean the bots are awesome. I use the Cheddar Flow one quite a bit, um, or at least um, you know see what's coming in and that that sort of thing. So, and it, it's not just some um, perspective. I mean it's just like strategy. I mean strategies as well. We all do something a little different, you know. So if you're a technical analysis person, it's I mean we got somebody there for you. If you're a macro person, we got someone there for you. If you just try to find um, the ebbs of, you know, ride the waves, I mean, there's there's something there for you. And we, we post alerts when we get into trades. Um, and that's one of the things that we've said on every single podcast now because John's been on such a hot streak. Every week I I've, I've, have told um, – I normally tell people the number of months they can pay for with one of John's trades. So at this point, we're up to about 30 years probably that you can pay for the Pivotal Trader trading level one with um, just like three or four trades. So yeah, I mean, there's there's at least one trade a week where you can make $5. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, if not, then there's a lot of money being lost if there's not one person that's made $5 on one trade in a week is... Pretty, yeah, yeah, I was to rethink some things there. That's not yeah, pretty, <laughs> yeah, but um, thanks to everyone who's watching. Um, if you haven't followed us yet, you can follow us on Twitter at Swinging It, no, just at Swinging. You can follow the official Pivotal Trading um, Twitter account, it's Pivotal underscore trading on Twitter as well. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Be sure to check out the, the Pivotal Trading Discord. Like I said, there's a free version and a level one version, so get in the free version for a while, see how you like it. Um, and then you can join the level one version. It's not just like what we said, where it's just us and they're talking. There's um, chat rooms where all the users are, you know, asking questions or putting their own ideas. So it's not just us. There's tons of conversations. It's not all market related. We're, we we talk about how bad the Bengals are at football sometimes. Oh, and, you know, various things in there. So there's a lot of conversation to be had. So definitely check that out. And um yeah, let us know if you, you have any questions about anything we talked about. We can get those answered or anything you would like us to talk about in, on a future basis. We'll be back. Uh, I guess you'll listen to it on Monday, but we'll be back recording on Sunday, and we'll discuss Gamma as far as options, which is, I think, the last group that we haven't talked about yet. So if you want more information on the other Greeks, there's an episode. You can find them. I'm just swinging it on all the – anywhere you can get a podcast, it's on there, and you can find the episode and listen up on, on the other Greeks. But we'll be back Monday. Um, thanks, Dustin and John, for joining the show, and uh, I can guarantee this won't be the last time. So it was a good episode. But um, Thanks for having us. Yeah, everyone have a good night. Have a good weekend. And, John, play the music. <laughs> See you, boys. Adios.